Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, it's time for some basketball talk with the Suns' first preseason game against uh, the Adelaide 36ers. That's this Sunday, Wolf, so we finally get to renew that rivalry with the 36ers that I don't think has ever actually started until now. From Adelaide. That's right. Uh, And then the uh, NBA regular season starts for the Suns October 19th, of course, against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. That's only just like three weeks away. Media day today, our own Kellen Olsen is out there. Kellen, uh, (laughs) we're going to have a lot of questions for you here, but I want to start with just the simple first time we've really got to hear from DeAndre Ayton since the uh, the entire offseason played out, uh, how was how his mood? How was he up there at the podium today? First of all, Luke, give some respect to the 36ers. They put a real challenge on the Suns four years ago, and they're going to come in here looking to get some revenge. So. <laughs> can, you, can you hype up the game a little bit more, please? Goodness gracious. I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah, the DeAndre situation was, was strange. Uh, DeAndre is very high and low when, when he speaks, so it's not a regular for him to appear to be subdued, standoffish, however you want to phrase it, serious, angry. A lot of people have chose to interpret it in a lot of different ways, and it's just one of those subjective things where you just have to decide how you're going to interpret how his mood w- was. But with that being said, he just got a $133 million contract from this team, and with everything that is hanging over this media day with Jay Crowder, with Robert Sarver, with his situation, with the Kevin Durant situation – it is one of those days where it would have been nice for DeAndre from the Suns' perspective to really show some energy and be enthusiastic like he normally is. But he wasn't, and he was very short and, and just not saying much to really any question that he got asked in his answers and response. And I, I, I got to say it's just up to the person and how they want to react to it. But I will say that if we talk to him later this week and it's the same DeAndre, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, okay, he, he said he's going to play angry and he's going to come out and, and play in a certain way. They're going to really need to see it from him in his performance if this is how he's going to be all year from a covering him perspective. Because then, if he isn't, then you then the speculation really starts to get fueled of like, okay, does he not want to be here? And this is not a conversation we would have been having. We would have been talking about him maybe in seven minutes for like the fifth question of this interview. But it's coming off the top because of how he was and how everyone reacted to it, and that's that's not good. (laughs) You would rather not have that happen, Uh, but it did. And, and now it's just a, a matter of reacting to it. Very, very interesting, Killer. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. Can I start here? Uh, the general vibe. What is the vibe like for media day here? Because there are a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces out there. What is the vibe? Yeah, it's first day of school. Everyone's excited to be back. Everyone's excited to see each other. I mean, these guys have been getting together for the past couple of weeks and even maybe the past couple of months, to be honest. Like this team and how close they are, they hang out all the time. So with that in mind, in terms of the vibe, I was just interested to hear about Jay Crowder specifically because of how tight these guys are. And I think everyone kind of has this understanding of how the NBA is and how you got to look out for yourself more than anyone else. And everyone, including Cam Johnson, who kind of just said, like, I trust that Jay is doing what's best for himself. Like, they all know Jay pretty well. They've gotten to know him really well over the last two years. And that was one of those things where you were curious to hear what people said, if they were surprised by it, and everyone was just like, Amani alluded to that he didn't expect it at the end of last season for Jay to not be here at training camp and presumably on the way out. But with that in mind, that's just kind of the ebbs and flows of the NBA. And and that's how everyone's treating it. For anyone who wanted to hear that the world is on fire and that they're never going to get over their Game 7 loss, everyone is just moving on. And and it's up to you again whether you want to believe the guys or not if it's going to hang over their season, the result of last year. They're going to just 
move forward. And their attitude definitely is that they're just going to move forward and not look back. Talking to Kellen Olson, uh, Kellen, sticking with the Jay Crowder topic, because it, it sure sounds like he's going to get dealt here. Um, I guess a two-part question, what can they realistically expect in return if everybody knows he's getting dealt? And then the second part is just now that you've, you've covered him for a while, what do you think this team is losing going into this year if he's not going to be a part of it? What was the first question, Luke? Sorry. Uh, just what can they realistically get if all the other teams around the league know that they are going to have to trade him? Right. I know there's an assumption that, that this is a new thing that has developed in the last 48 hours, but I, I mean, I would assume that this has been a thing for a while now, that he's been, based on his social media activity at least, it's been a yeah. thing for a couple of weeks, so he hasn't really been satisfied with what's going on here and what's going to go on in the future for him. So I, I just think it's what's best for him. Right now, but what they can get for him, I think that's sort of where the hang-up might be. Because Jay is, Jay is one of the six most important players on the team. I know that people feel really negatively about the way that he played in the last postseason, and, and I get it with the way that he shot the ball. But with that being said, he's a huge part of their team, and, and they're going to need to get someone back who can play maybe not at a top-six role, but just be someone who can play minutes for them. Like I don't think James Jones is going to do this trade and take salary filler in a first-round pick. Like They're, they're just not going to do that. So finding the right deal, especially with where his salary is at, it gets really difficult. So I, I think that's really what's taking so long. And like I said, they're, they're going to miss a lot from Jay. I know, I know that people are saying, oh, 30% three-point shooter, he can miss 25 in a row or whatever. But the intangibles that Jay has shown over his two years and just how much he meant to this team and how much he played his heart out for this team just uh, is going to be something that they miss. It's similar to the way that they lost Kelly Oubre a couple of years ago. Yes, he is replaceable. Yes, there are parts of his games that are negatives, but – the spirit that he plays with and just like the warrior that he's been for this group, like you can't really replace that. What kind of mood was Monty Williams in for the most part? He seemed fine, Wolf. I, I didn't really read anything into his mood. I, I thought that I really liked what Monty said about the Sarver situation specifically. Uh, for him to say that he was unhappy and, and, and quite frankly disgusted by his initial re- in terms of his in, initial reaction to reading the report, I think a lot of us were like that. I, I certainly was like that. I'm guessing you guys were too, were disgusted by it to a certain extent. So to hear it from one of the biggest leaders and just one of the biggest names in the franchise, I think really means something. And for him to say that, I thought was great. And, and it was good to hear from him on some basketball stuff. He's a, he said he's expecting DeAndre Ayton to really come out and just have the best year of his career. He said he's seen DeAndre really improve a ton this summer and working really hard. And I think that's what everyone wants to hear uh, from DeAndre's perspective specifically. We're talking to Kellen Olsen. Uh, Kellen, with the Sarver stuff, you, you talked about how Monty Williams uh, addressed it. it. It seems like uh, pretty much everybody was asked about it. Were you uh, were you surprised at all that the guys, I mean, it doesn't, from what I've seen and heard, it doesn't seem like guys ran from it at all. It was just kind of like, okay, we're going to talk about it today, and maybe it doesn't come up as much going forward. Yeah, everyone offered their perspective, and everyone can go listen to the audio themselves or, or read the stories that are going to come out and just to have their own personal opinion on how everyone addressed it. I, I like the way Devin Booker answered it. I know that reading it on Twitter, a couple of people were kind of thrown off by what he said, but he just said, like, look, like this is not a guy that I knew in terms of what come out, came out in the report, what he did, what he said. That was not the person that Devin Booker knew, but he understands that everyone had different experiences in interacting with Robert Sarver, and he didn't mean to say that in a way that was looking past what, what they were saying and what the league uh, quite frankly, just found out, like found out about him. And, and Monty Williams as well. I, I think Chris said this, a couple other guys said this, but Monty said in terms of all the drama they had this summer, everything that went on, nothing's really going to change for them. But the one thing that is going to change for them this season is just keeping in mind 
the people that were affected by the actions and, and the words of Robert Sarver. And I think that's something to really keep in mind going forward is that he mentioned it, James mentioned it, I think Chris did too, that like the steps being taken to make it a more positive work environment and just a more positive place to be, that that's really important here and it's not lost on the guys who are making millions of dollars playing basketball. Has James Jones said anything yet? On, on Sarver? Yes. Yes, he did. I'm trying to circle back in my Rolodex here. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. And that's, <laughs> he was the first guy to talk, so it's kind of tough to do right now. I'm sorry but about James that, buddy. Said, I, it's okay. I, I believe James was somewhere in the line of just saying that he was disappointed. And I thought he had some really poignant remarks just on the usage of the N-word as someone like him who, who was a black person who was growing up through having that reality in his life, having that word said in his life and, and growing up on the, on the big stage that he has as a professional basketball player and now as a, in a front office role. I thought, I thought just really wise and smart remarks from him and just the sentiment from everyone else. And he, and he said, he backed up his statement and said, look, I stand by my statement from last October. And what his statement from last October said is like all of these accusations don't reflect the Robert Sarver that I've been around. And, and, and that was sort of what Devin said too. And it, just in terms of this is not something that I saw and look, hey, that's the position that they were in and it, it, they couldn't come forward with anything because they didn't see any of this stuff or hear about any of this stuff. So it, it was just a difficult position for them to be in, but I thought James spoke on it well. Kellen Olson, I know you're having a long day, man. We appreciate it. The best part of basketball coming back, Wolf, as we get to talk to Kellen more. So thanks a lot, buddy. It's only halfway over, buddy. we got a lot more to go. I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> Hang in there, killer. <laughs> man, yep. that's, a, that's, a, that's a long media day. Kellen Olson joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. There is a lot to unpack there. Certainly we're going to unpack a lot of it tomorrow uh, as well. But um, <laughs> in terms of eventful off-seasons from like five different angles, I mean, we didn't even – I still haven't even played the clip of James Jones talking about Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. That's why I asked him the question about the vibe. wonder what the vibe is like down there right now. There's so many weird things that happen this off-season. 